Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Testimonies of where we've been, and we also have 
places where we're going. Like uh, tomorrow, I'm leaving for Homestead, Florida. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm going to be down. I, I keep joking with people. I want I want to preach on South Beach, but I don't think I'd look good on <laughs> South Beach. But I'll definitely be in Homestead, so that'll be in the same neighborhood. I'm going to be at the uh, if there's anybody in. Uh, South Florida, uh, I'm going to be at the Perpetual Faith International Church. It's uh, 1632.5 Southwest 288th Street. And all i got to say is that's a mouthful. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to going down there. And, and I'm, j- I'm just blessed, man. God is doing some really incredible things. Uh, since the last time I talked to you, I've been to the Ukraine. Wow. Um, we that was really powerful. We took a team uh, from Soulbait. We took a team of six people, and then we hooked up with some uh, pastors from North Carolina, and they brought about eight people. And between the two teams, uh, we made a team of uh, about twenty twenty people, and half of them were praise and worshiper musicians. So yes. traveling with musicians is always fun. Um, oh yeah, I love live traveled, music. Yeah. We uh, traveled uh, throughout all of southern Ukraine. We were in a city called Simferopol. Um, we were in um, a city called Equatoria. Um, we were also in a city called uh, Odessa. Um, plus, we were also in the capital, Kiev, and there was a few other cities. Uh, we were there for 15 days, and we did six cities. Uh, so we, we we got real familiar with the... Uh, yes. We got real familiar with the old Soviet trains, man. I ain't going to lie. That's something everybody needs to experience once in their life just so they have no reason to complain about American transportation. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Do they call them like the, uh, still the Siberian Express or something like that? They Yes, they still have that. Actually, um, when I was in Siberia in June, I saw that, and it – they have one train. Actually, it's a, it's a series of three trains that go from Moscow all the way to Vladivostok, which is totally on the other side. People don't realize how big Russia is. I mean, we equate it to the United States, but the United States, you could fit two United States inside Russia. Russia has almost, wow. uh, they have 11 time zones. And we have four. Oh, I mean, goodness. actually five if you count Hawaii and Alaska. But, I mean, and it, it, it's it's an interesting place. I liked going to Siberia. It, it was, I cannot lie, it was a stretch on my faith. We got to go to a woman's gulag there. Um, I think I shared that the last time. But um, I liked it because I, I'm just crazy enough to believe that God is with me and because God is with me, I don't have any fear about going into really crazy, insane places. I, yes. I, I just love going in and sharing the love of Jesus. I, I got the revelation that Jesus loves me at a young age, and I just share that with people. It's not that we do anything special. We have to be special. We are special because we were created by God. Amen. And so going into those places, I really like, but... This last trip we took into the Ukraine was really special to me in the sense that when we went there, um, one of the days really, it, it, we, our crusades kept growing in stature. Um, we, and 
by the time we got into Odessa, um, we were in this resort doing a crusade just outside Odessa. We were right on the Black Sea, which, by the way, is very beautiful. Um, and so uh, we're doing these crusades, and all of a sudden, I see all these people come in on a Sunday morning. And what the, the locals had done is because we were there, they emptied the hospitals, dude. Wow. They, they really they brought all the sick people to church. I, that's a concept a lot of Americans can't get a hold of. That's right. But they brought the Bible says, "Bring the sick, and they will be healed." Yes. And I, that's a real simple concept, but it takes a huge amount of faith. Oh yeah. And so we had all kinds of people, and we prayed for them all. We had people in wheelchairs. We had people. All people get healed. Uh, just supernatural. Jesus just showed up in such a powerful way. At one point, I was I was standing on the stage, and um, I was watching the um, I was watching the service. And as I was watching the service, God said, "Step off the stage." He says, "I got it." And so I went and literally hid behind the curtain and just watched God touch an entire audience. And I was just like, Man. I was so blown away. And I didn't preach. I didn't do nothing. I just let Jesus come in. And with the pure love of power that God has for his people, it, it was just incredible. So we, we saw, I, I remember one little boy I prayed for. Uh, they brought him up. He was deaf by the time we were done praying for him, which was all of about 30 seconds. Uh, he could start hearing. And wow. So needless to say, by the time we, we we were ready to leave Odessa, I had uh, city leaders and government officials um, asking us to come back. They're like, please, come back. We, we we will give you a bigger venue. We will We will give you better stuff if you come back. So we're actually looking at next year going into not just the Ukraine, but another country called Moldova. And um, God's just opening up more countries for us. And also I'm looking at going back to Siberia and possibly um, I'm working with some people who are wanting to go back to Murmansk also because um, Murmansk is where it all started for us. And oh, yeah, the big seaport down there, right? Yeah, except it's not down there. You can't get any more up there than Murmansk. Murmansk <laughs> is only 800 miles from the North Pole. Wow. And when you when all I can say is in June it was thirty two degrees and I saw ladies wearing skirts and high heels and I'm going, How are they doing that? It, I'm in a coat, parka, I got long underwear on, I'm just trying to keep my feet warm and they're walking around and this one girl goes and that's how they could tell we were American, she goes, Well this is summer to us and I'm going, Oh, thank God for Florida <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know, but I, I, Santa needs to wear shorts. That's all I know. Is I love, I love, no snow Christmases. You Listen, know, I'm still I, in I shorts. Little, yeah, from, uh... I might be a little weird in that, but it, it's just, it's just so awesome to watch God move, and and it, it's so funny because. I just sit there and I, and people go, well, how how do you do that? And I said, well, how do I do what? And they're like, well, how do you see the the things that you see? And I said, well, I said I just learned to listen. I you know, a long time ago, I was at somebody's house and they had this 
thing hanging from their phone. And and I, you, it was just something so profound that you, you you bought it for 10 cents at a dime store, but yet it was one of those profound statements that nobody looks at. Well, I looked at this one, and it said, a silent listener is a great flatterer. And I sat there and I went, oh, my goodness. I've got to be a... And so I want to flatter God. I want to bring joy to God by listening to what he's saying. And I've learned that if we just listen to what God is saying by what what he speaks to our spirit, what he speaks to us in his word, that all of a sudden I'm that silent flatterer. But the thing of it is I'm flattering God by letting him speak to me. But then... I make him proud of me by doing what he says when he says to do it. Yeah. As, as a dad, I love it when my boys do something the first time I tell them to do it because then I know they're listening to me. I get a little frustrated when I have to tell them three or four or five times, hey, go clean your room. Then it's no it's no longer, all right, now we've got, we've got to get into some proactive stuff here. So I, my thing is, is, I want to listen to God, and 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 I just—that's my heart. That's been my heart since I was a little boy. Um, and since I was a little boy, um, that's how God's talked to me. He's talked to me in my heart. He said things in my head that you know. I remember one time I was in a church meeting, and I felt this voice on the inside of me. I was probably twelve, and I was a room full of adults and they were uh, debating a uh, building project. And uh, I I just said one little question, and I think the pastor would have liked to have stoned me because I totally derailed their project just with one little question. And I don't even remember what the question was, but I knew that if I trusted the voice that was on the inside of me, that I was always going to be okay because I knew that voice was God's because I heard the same voice when I read his word. So it's it's a real powerful thing, and and then of course at a young age I started having incredible dreams and visions, and 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 God just he he just started showing me things. I remember one of the most profound moments for me, and I knew God was talking to me. Was you know I remember when my mom made all of us kids get saved, and you heard me say that correctly. My mom made all of us kids. She was at a Bible study or something associated with a Billy Graham event, and she got home from the Bible study, and all of a sudden um, she came in the bedroom, woke me and my brother up, woke my sister up, and pretty much made us all pray alongside the bed. And so, and of course, me and my brother were glad to pray because we thought we were going to get beat for terrorizing the babysitter. Um, so it was a relief just to have prayer, even though we didn't know what it was. But it was right after that, about eight months later, I was sitting in our living room, and my mom had bought me this Bible, and I started reading out of Luke. And all of a sudden, I got the realization of who Jesus is. Yes. At 10 years old, I got the realization, okay, he's somebody I need to serve. He's somebody I need to talk to. And that he did a lot for me, so the least I can do is help him. And yeah. and so when I did that, the first thing I did after 
I prayed again to the Lord. I said, Lord, I really do want to serve you. I don't want it just to be because my mom said so. Um, I really want to serve you. The first thing the Lord had me do was pray for my dad. And my dad was an interesting character, and he did a lot of crazy things, and some of the things I'm sure he regretted that he did as a young man. And, you know, he 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 just was really not a nice guy. And my parents were divorced. And um, I told my mom, I said, Dad's going to get saved. And she's like, okay. And I would go to church and tell everybody, yeah, my dad's going to get saved. Wait, you wait and see. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody said, yeah, yeah, one day your dad's going to get saved. And in the church, that's the way of blowing people off is when you say, yeah, one day that'll happen maybe. All right, that's a way of adults or people in power saying, hey, all right, you, you've said it. We, we acknowledge that you said it. Now we're just going to blow you off. And so they would say that. And, and I remember one person telling me, they said, Scott, they said, we believe with you that your dad's going to get saved. And they said, but it'll probably be on his deathbed. And I said, no, 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 my dad's going to get saved. And then one night I saw my dad, and he, he was either drunk or he, he, he was not in his right mind, and there was a fight, and I went to bed crying. And I sat there, and when I went to bed, I said, Lord, I, I, the Bible says in Isaiah 48, come and let's reason together. And what that means literally is, hey, if you have a point, you can argue with God, but understand that God's going to get the last word. Yes. And when God gives the last word, that's the last word. Well, when I went to bed that night, I was so mad at God because I had prayed for almost two years for my dad every night. Every night. My brother wow. and my sister, we all prayed for him, but it was personal to me. Yes. I wanted my dad saved. That was That was something... I was willing to give my life to the service of the Lord if he would let my dad come to the Lord. Man, awesome. I mean, that was how personal it was to me. And when he um, came over that night, he wasn't in his right mind. I don't remember what the whole circumstances were because usually when things went bad, we were pushed in the bedroom so we wouldn't see the bad things that happened. But I remember going to bed and I was crying and I was so mad at God. And I was so frustrated, you know, and I'm only, you know, I'm only 11 years old, you know, or 12, something like that. I had, I had, you know, and I just sat there and I was like, God, what, you know, are you really real? I mean, I've prayed for two years and all he's done is become worse. And, and I remember when I went to sleep, I cried myself to sleep. And when I woke about four hours later, me and my brother shared a bed. We were not wealthy people by any stretch of the imagination. Me and my mom and my sister shared a bed, and me and my brother shared another bed. So I remember those like days. Shared yeah, a pallet, even. <laughs> you know, so I was like, um, when I, all of a sudden I woke up in the middle of the night, and I saw an angel. Wow. And this angel looked at me, and he said, uh, he said, um, he said, he said, God has heard your prayers, and within 90 days, your dad will be saved. Oh, man. And I, or your dad will be in death. 
He, he, he literally told me, he said, your dad will either accept me in 90 days or he will die in 90 days. Oh, my goodness. What did he look like, Scott? He looked like the same angel I saw in Siberia. Did, now, I want to say him? this, though. He was big. <laughs> and for a little kid, it was terrifying because he stood through. I, how I can describe it, we lived in a very, very small house. If me and my brother had to share a bed, you can only imagine it was a small house. And so when I saw him, I could see his whole length, even though his length went through the house. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know how to describe that, and it doesn't make logical sense, but that's what I saw. And I remember, you know, he was a big guy, and I just thought, whoa. <laughs> and so I, I do want to say this, though, because, see, some people think, well, if you see angels, you worship angels, and I do not no. worship angels. Angels are simply messengers. Yes. They are not to be worshipped. They are not, they're, just, they're like hired help. Now, yes. I ain't going to lie, they're big hired help, and, you know, I, <laughs> I got have a sword? Give... I got to huh? ask that. Uh, did, do you remember any specifics? Did he have, like, a big sword? Yeah, he had, he, oh, he had a sword and shield. Oh, my goodness, wow. That's cool. You know, and, and, and what was so funny is it was the same, anyway, I'll get into that in a minute, um, but when when I saw this, I just sat there and I went, oh, and I, and I woke up, and the next morning I told everybody, I saw an angel. And they sat there, and they go, okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> goofy oh, little man, kid again. Week. I said, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm strange. I was strange to the point they want, you know, I, I, I accepted that fact at a young age that I was not normal, even though I'd spent my whole adolescence trying to be cool, and I went to great stupid measures to try and fit in with everybody, but it didn't work. Um, I was always unique. I, I just couldn't fit, you know. But what happened with my dad was he was riding. My dad was he he was in a really bad accident towards the end of the ninety days, and he crashed. I think it, he crashed his motorcycle, and he ended up in a church. <laughs> God bless that church because that would have been a sight that would have been worth seeing, but. When he when he ended up in the church, he had a vision, and the, he saw Christ on the cross, and he saw he saw the restoration of his family. He saw he saw he saw a plentiful life, and on the other side, he saw death, and he saw and and he he says he saw an angel, and the angel says, "Choose now this day, life or death." Oh wow! And he chose life, and when he came to the pastor of, of the church was right there. He accepted the Lord, and it, it was for me. It was when when I heard that he accepted the Lord. I I knew then, even before anything else, I knew I was called to be. I God answered my prayer. And because I wanted to keep my promise to him, I I knew that I always knew that I was going to be in ministry. Amen. Because because he fulfilled that promise for me, that my dad would get saved. And so I knew, as much as, now I ain't going to lie, Scott the flesh man has tried to run from it a few times. And he tried running from it in the Navy, he tried running from it in adolescence. I did, you know, you are who you hang out with, and and I did some really dumb stuff in high school, and 
and I did some really crazy stuff in the Navy. But I could not outrun the deal that God had made for me. And so when my dad got saved, I, I just, after that, I, I never saw that angel again, never even, you know, never even thought about it until this last June. And um, because after that, I started having incredible dreams about people. I would go to bed, and I remember one night, I went to bed, I woke up the next morning, I went to church, and I, <laughs> this was not something that your average 13-year-old should do in his local Methodist church. <laughs> I walked up to everybody in the church, I said, I saw you in heaven, saw you in heaven, saw you in heaven, didn't see you in heaven, <laughs> I saw you in heaven, didn't see you in heaven, oh, was not a thing that helped my parents grow in stature in the church, <laughs> because one of the people I didn't see in heaven was the pastor. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, and so, you know, shortly thereafter, we kind of left that church. Uh, it was, you know, I didn't help them much there. Um, but I, I would have <laughs> these dreams, and I would start hearing these voices. And I learned, the Bible says in John uh, chapter um, John chapter 10, verse uh, 20, um, John ten twenty seven, My sheep know my voice. And the voice of another they will not follow. And I had started to learn that, and I didn't realize I was learning it. I would just hear this voice on the inside of me, and it would say, say this. And I would say it, and things would go great. And then sometimes, you know, my flesh would kick in, and I'd hear that voice of God, and it'd say, don't, I, I'm saying, I'm because I still have dominion over my body. Dude, I just want to be cool this one time, so I'm not going to say anything. And all of a sudden, man, excuse my French, but all hell would break loose. Hey, don't hold no punches on this show. We let it all hang out. You know, just crazy stuff would happen. And I'm going, okay, I'm sorry. I should have said that. I realize <laughs> that now. I won't make that mistake again. And and so, you know, I did that for years, and, and as – as I start growing in Christ and I start working in ministry, and I've been in ministry, um, working with ministry since 1985. I mean, I walked away from God for about four and a half years while I was in the Navy, but my last three and a half years in the Navy, I was with God, so I'm grateful for that because I, I love, you know, I always believed I could go back in as a chaplain if they needed me, but um, I just sat there. I was so I was so immersed into wanting to become a minister. And the thing of it is God says that in Jeremiah he knew us while we were still in our mama's womb. And he and he plans and he prepares a plan for us for us to walk out. And and I sat there and all of a sudden I could start seeing my plan. Wow, and, and God and God just started showing me, and so I would I would spend years, years, just on the beaches and in the homeless places of North Florida, ministering to anybody that would listen. I would stand on the beach and minister to all the transient people. I would go down to the crack houses. I remember one guy. I said, he, I walked into a house. Me and this other guy, and the guy pulled a gun on us, and he says, "I'm going to kill you." I said, "Okay," and he goes, wow. "What?" I said. Yeah, go ahead. I said, I have nothing to lose. I said, but Jesus loves you. And he's like, 
dude, you're crazy. And I'm like, you're the one holding the gun. And who's crazy here? You know, now, granted, wisdom, there there has to be some wisdom in some of the things I wish I'd have did. I, I did better because I, I'm very conscious of the timing of God and, and and I don't I don't want to miss an opportunity. If I if I step off the edge, you know what? I'll repent and God'll pick me up and you know, he'll dust me off, but I've got to try. My my the desire that people have to understand today is that you got to try. And and here's yes. something that's really important that I, I a lot of people miss in church. They think that if they fall short that they're condemned. And the Lord would tell you the effort counts when you right. try and when you work and, and when you do things. All right, if you fall short, you're going to fall short, but the effort still counts. That's right. And and so we have to we have to look at okay, Jesus, what are we going to do? And so if if I miss it, I'm quick to repent, but at the same time. The I want I want to do as much for Jesus as humanly possible, and I spent 22 years under two distinctive ministries. I was under a pastor in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, he brought me back to the Lord. He nurtured me. Him and his elders, um, they just you know they they restored me. And then uh, another pastor I called at a school where I was learning my job as a prophet. I was down there for 12 years. And just ministering as a church prophet yes. and doing whatever the pastor needed to be done. If I need to go out and evangelize, I would, to me, just for the record, evangelizing is easier than prophesying. But I have learned that the two are not exclusive to each other, but they're designed to work together. Absolutely. If, if people would understand what John chapter 4 is talking about, what Jesus is doing with the woman at the well... That that's a whole another revelation there. That God really is wanting to do something incredibly powerful. He's wanting he's wanting to he he's already came to the earth once and said who he was. Now he wants us to say who he is. And the yes. way we do that is through our lives and through our words and through the things that transpire. That's why it's important for everybody to share the gospel. But you can also do that. One of the things, I was um, in Detroit last weekend, and I was at a restaurant. And I had a lot of fun in this restaurant the, I, because I got to be me. I, I, was, I was being really, I was trying not to be crazy. But so I was, you know, because the Midwest, they're kind of, you know they're kind of laid back and subdued, and I, I'm cool with that. Um, so I was trying to be, you know, but we got to this restaurant, and I I just had church. The waitress would walk by. I'd start prophesying to her. The waiter would walk wow. by, and before we were done, we were leading the people to the Lord. We were fulfilling John chapter four. Yes. And the pastors were looking at me, going, "Oh my God, who is this guy? He crazy." But then at, before the night was over, they were just crazy as I was because they were having a good time. Man, we we done scared the devil out of the restaurant. <laughs> this restaurant had a bar. By the time we were done, there was nobody in the bar, and everybody was in the restaurant. Praise God. We we we. I mean, we were. Ter I was having fun. I was in my element, and 
Because it's about sharing the love of Jesus. It's about being who you are. I'm not perfect. I'm not a saint. I'm not, I used to say, I'm just worm dirt that's been changed by the grace of God. And because I've been changed by the grace of God, I'm no longer worm dirt, but I am somebody special to God. Yes. And because of that, I can walk through. And so I've been, it's been a real powerful thing. And, and God just been building me up. And when we went to, um, when we went back to um, Siberia, when we went to Siberia this June, I had an, another angelic encounter. And this is the first time like this since I was nine years old. Oh, my goodness. What did you see? I saw the same angel I saw mm. when I was nine years old. I saw wow. this guy, and it was so funny. I wasn't even looking for it. it I, I had a, um, I have a young man who travels with me. His name's Adam Morris, and um, he was traveling with me. And um, when we finally to get to Siberia from the East Coast, all I can say is plan for a long ride. We we spent more time in the air than I would ever thought, but it's literally halfway around the world for us. It was a 12-hour time difference. A uh, million-dollar so, question. Uh, do you need to bring your own toilet paper? <laughs> uh, sometimes, yes. <laughs> there were a few times that I wished I'd have brought mine. Because um, I hear there's a big shortage over there still. Well, it's not as bad as it was. Um, and right now, because of all the trade agreements, you, you can get it. It's just expensive, and that sounds weird saying that, but it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, so That was kind of an inside joke, uh, Scott, for those listening out there. Uh, we've done a lot of traveling, Scott and I, independently, and um, you know we take for granted a lot of these uh, creature comforts till you get overseas. Oh, amen. You realize how blessed we are over here. Scott, uh, I want you to share that, and I want to ask you a question. If... Uh, do do angels have a sense of humor? In other words, if you if I were to see a big angel like that, what if I were just to jump over and grab his leg and hang on, and say I want a I want a blessing? <laughs> well, he can't do that. Oh, okay. You, you, because if you see an angel, you got to remember what I said at the beginning of the show. Angels are messengers. Okay. And they walk in a discipline that's unique, and that is they only do what they are sent to do. Okay. Then when they're done with that task, they leave. Now, that being said, because I do teach a dreams and visions class, I, I train people or I show them that you need to challenge because the devil appears as an angel of light. Uh-oh, that's important, yes. Oh, it's very important because there's a lot of Christians that get deceived by demons who appear as angels of light. Very good point. How can you tell the difference? How do you tell the difference? It, I don't want it to sound simplistic, but it is. Is a demon cannot confess the deity of Jesus Christ because they fall under the same lie that Satan cannot confess that Jesus is Lord. A demon cannot confess Jesus is Lord. So what do you do? And you, and same thing I did when this angel appeared, even though I hadn't slept, or I'd, I'd slept for 16 hours after being awake for 48, so my brain was really like marbles, um, but when I saw the angel, 
I just looked at him and I said, "Who is the Christ?" Wow. And and he goes, "Jehovah Jesus Yeshua," and he just starts jumping. And and the power <laughs> in his because Praise the God. thing of it is, there's such servants that when you when you mention Jesus, yeah. they get excited. Wow. And they confess his glory and his majesty because when they're not doing their mission, they're around the throne praising and worshiping God at the same time. Yes. And so it, it sounds real simple, but, and the scripture backs me up on that. I can't, I don't have my material in front of me, but, um, but I have. It would says test all that. spirits, right? Yeah, well, it so. says test all spirits because not all of them be from God. But right. the thing of it is, you test them by saying, who is the Christ? Okay, very important, folks. And, you know, uh, because they, they need to know, because here's the thing, it's like, this guy, and, and first of all, I, I don't want this to sound sacrilegious, but when I saw this angel, it looked pretty beat up. Really? I was like, I was like, wow. But he, it wasn't any weaker. I'm not saying that it was weak, but you could, I could see the dings in his shield. I could see the dings in his sword. Oh my goodness! And, and I sat there, and I remember, I was like. When I saw that, when 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 it when it delivered its message and left, I just started praying. I said, "Lord, what was that?" And he says, "Those are the marks of people who've tried to take you out." He said, "That's your protection." Oh he my says, goodness! He fought to protect you. And the Bible, and see, the thing that Christians have to remember: we don't know how many angels there are. We don't know how many demons there are. We just know there are two thirds in heaven. And one third on the earth, so we outnumber the turkeys two to one. That's right. And so we always have the victory. But that doesn't mean they don't fight. And when I saw that, it was a real sobering moment for me to know that, yes, I may have my flesh days and I may have my spirit days and I may, but to see that and go, oh my God, this guy's fighting for me. Folks, In out there listening right now, see. Uh, this, this is a. Uh, this is a true testimony here. Uh, if you remember Michael Boldea tuning in, Michael Boldea gave the same description. He said he looked and the um, the shield had dents in it. It had been in battle. Uh, Scott, I'll tell you what's uh, sobering about that is uh, you saw this. This was a real angel. Uh, imagine if we didn't have uh, a warrior angel to protect us sent by God uh, what might have gotten through, what damage they could have done. Wow. Well, yeah, and and you know what that that is true, but I go I go this route. I go thank you God that it was there in the first place because I don't want to. Here's my reasoning for I don't dwell that way. Yes. Because I don't want people to think. First of all, I know that God, His angels, and all the hierarchy of heaven. That at any given time, they can take the devil and his demons out. It's not well, even an issue. Yes. But so I don't even like going there because then people, pe people are looking for a reason to fear. Okay. And one of the things that God has revealed to me through my encounter in Siberia, and one of the things that God started showing me on my way back, was the difference between faith and fear. And and I can't lie, fear 
is is the strongest motivator on the earth today. Yes. It is the chief weapon of the devil. It's it's his big gun. Everything else, you know, people say, well, there's lust, there's drugs, there's this. If you look at all the roots of all those things, there's a fear attached to all of them. Man, that's the truth. And so you have to, you have to, and that's why when I talk about God and the victory, I don't look at the fear side because God is faith, God is power, God is love. God is a God of breakthrough. And if Amen. I just follow what he's doing, I don't have to worry about the fear that would try and attack me. Now, do I get attacked by fear? Oh, most definitely, all the time. I was, like I said, I was I was in a place recently, and, and I was talking with a gentleman, and he's like, well, you know, when I deal with fear, I confess it. And I said, that's great. And I do believe we need to do that, because I believe confession, as far as if we see a weakness in us, Yes. We need to take that confession and turn it into prayer and let God Amen. take that weakness because the Bible says that he takes our weaknesses and turns them into strengths. Amen. And so I want to, you know, if I have a weakness, and, and I do, I have a bunch, unfortunately, I, I want to I take those weaknesses and I'm like, God, help me. Help me. Don't worry, you're in good company, brother. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so I mean, there's there's just so many different things, and and so you know, when I saw this angel, it, it blew me away, and it was so funny because Adam come running into my room, and he goes, he goes, Pastor Scott, he goes, I really want to see an angel on this trip. I was too late, I found him. <laughs> I said, I got him, man. And the thing of it is, he appeared four times. Wow, um, twice twice in my room and twice in two different churches. And each time he would appear, he would give me a different message. And what was so funny, even though the crowd couldn't see him, they would react to the message that he was bringing. Was it and a particular was, time of day that he came, like in the wee hours of the morning? Anything special about the time? Uh, well, the first time, not really. The first time was probably the most particular, in particular, because... He, you know, I'd been asleep for 16 hours. We got, you have to understand, I went with two very young men, and when we flew from Atlanta to Moscow, we had a nine-hour layover, and Scott said, hey, let's go in the airport and rest. And they said, oh, dude, we have nine hours. Let's go to, let's go to Red Square. Let's go to the Kremlin. And, of course, Okay, we went to Red Square, we went to Kremlin, we went all over Moscow, we walked, and, you know, I was on that European dietary program where you walk everywhere. And so when we oh, got yeah. back to the airport, we were only in the airport about an hour before our flight left, and so we flew to a place called Krasnoyarsk, which was another five-hour flight. And, and so by the time we got there, we'd literally almost been awake for two days. Oh my goodness, yeah, that's a long trip. And so and when we got there, I was with the bishop and the bishop said, "Hey, you know, and and they're asking me questions cuz, you know, this is my first time in Siberia and also this is the first time that American prophet had been in Siberia at this time, or so I was told. I don't know that to be 100% accurate, but I was told that I was one of the first American prophets to go into these cities. Oh so man, I'm like, wow. Okay. 
And so, but I get there, and he's asking me all these, and I looked at him, I said, sir, can I go to bed? I said, my brain is pudding. And I said, I don't know if I can answer your questions correctly. I want to answer them honestly, but I said, I don't know if I can give you the right answer because all I want to do is sleep right now. And he says, fine. So they thought we were going to just sleep for a couple hours. <laughs> we slept for 16. And they, at one point, I think they thought we were ill because they, they tried waking us up. And, I mean, it just wasn't happening because we were out cold. But when I woke up from that is when I first saw, and that's why I struggled with the first time I saw the angel was because I was so tired. And I'm like, am I really seeing this? And then a day later, I saw him in a church service. Oh, man. And then two days later, I saw him at another church service in another city we were in. Actually, it was almost a week later. I'll take that back. And then I saw him in my room just before we left. And and so I kept seeing him, but it was funny because he... And here's the thing. His messages, even though the people were reacting to what he was telling me without them knowing it, his message was, wasn't about the church. It was about God showing me another realm. Oh, God, wow. God going, Scott... You need to start walking in this realm. And I'm Scott, going, let me ask you a question. When the when the angel spoke to you, did he call you by name? Yeah. Man. He knew who I was. He Are you released to uh say give us a, a taste of what he said? Uh, I'm not gonna do that 'cause <laughs> I'm Oh not man, gonna... you gave me uh a chip and took away the bag. Uh, well, I gave you I gave you four chips, all right. But uh, now, because what? And, and let me explain why. And it's not that it's any kind of big secret, but what I was about to tell you was, is every time he spoke to me, yes, it was about me. It wasn't about the people. It wasn't about the church. It wasn't about anybody but me. And it was an intense God going, all right, Scott, I got you in a foreign place where I have your total and undivided attention, so now I'm going to send a messenger to make sure you understand what I'm telling you to prepare you for the next season in your life. Yes. Even though the crowd was reacting and everybody thought, you know, we were doing great things, and we were, and God was moving powerfully. God was doing incredible things. I mean, it was just powerful. But at the same time, I sat there and I went, okay, the more I would preach, the more naked I felt. Because the more I would minister, the more God would open me up. Yes. To the point where I was uncomfortable around people because I felt like everybody could see my junk. And I'm like, I don't want people to see my junk. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, okay, God, you who am I gonna Who am I gonna know in Siberia anyway? Well, now I know twenty some pastors in Siberia, so it's you know, God used that to show me stuff about me that I needed to see, and that's why it became very personal to me. It wasn't that I don't want to, you know, and, and I have shared and I have all my notes because the first time I I, I saw this was what was so cool. The first time I saw the angel in my room, he goes, take notes. Oh, wow. Or he, he even, yes. he said, take notes. 
And so I, I, I wrote down like four or five pages of just notes of what the angel told me. And then that way I could go back. And before I would ever share any of it, I would search it out in Scripture first. I, I always back, you know, because the thing of it is, even though I knew this, this, this angel was from God and I knew that he was there to bless me, you, you bounce, I don't care, I don't care if you're Jesus Jr. or you look like Jesus Jr., you got to line up with the Word of God first. And and so I would always, even when I would take these notes, I would, I would look at the word and say, Lord, show me where this is in the word. And the Lord would show me, and 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 again, and then as He would start to show me, it was even more un- uncovering of Scott. And oh I'm my like, goodness! I'm like, Lord, <laughs> I paid two thousand dollars to come over here and get ripped apart. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> that this is not what's supposed to happen. You know, but God needed to do that, and God did did some incredible things, and we saw so many things. and And in the prophetic, I, I've had so many dreams, and I've had visions, and I've prophesied to thousands of people all over the place. Um, Scott, when uh, so you, we learned two things here. One is uh, even Satan can appear as an angel of light, so. People, if people were visited, but what they believe is an angel of God, they need to test it, and they need yes. to uh, ask the angel the uh, the question, um, "Who is the Son of God?" Yeah, basically, who is the Christ? Who is the Christ? Okay, yeah, so they need to so they need to yeah. test and make sure that uh, it's an angel of God, and then um, secondly, am I understanding correctly that whatever message? Um, God will send the angel to give you. Um, you can know if it's a truly a message from God by you'll be able to find it in the Word. Yes, God does not say anything unless He backs it up in His Word. Now that message may be personal to you, but it would also it would be backed up just like any prophecy. Okay. You know, if I I prophesied to people all over the place, and when I prophesied to them, I prophesied into their world, but when I do that, it can all be backed up with Scripture. Okay. Because God is that intimately concerned about you as an individual. See, the problem is, and this is where our relationships get a little wonky, is we see this God is this infinitely big, omnipotent, perfect person, and I'm just an, one of the thousands of ants. So he's never really going to notice me because I'm just one of the worker ants. But the truth of the matter is, God is this big, omnipotent person, and he created the heavens and the earth and the universe, and it's still being created and still going. Oh, man, wow. But the, but the truth of the matter is, he didn't create you as an ant, because the Bible says we were made in his image. Yes. And the only reason we can't accept that image is because of the fall of man. And what so you're we saying have... is God has enough bandwidth to uh, even be able to focus on each one of us individually 24 hours a day simultaneously while looking at everybody else. He knows what's yes. going on, doesn't he? Yes. Yes. And uh, one of the things in Scripture, and I, 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 
I just say this, this is one of my favorite, this was like one of the first revelations God gave me was the wheel within a wheel in Ezekiel. And a lot of people have interpreted it, and a lot of it's accurate, and some of it isn't, and this is just my interpretation. But the Bible says that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And then in Ezekiel, Ezekiel talks about seeing God as a wheel within a wheel. Well, if you're the inner wheel, you see everything the outer wheel's doing. And so if, you, if you're in the center, you have the ability to see the beginning of the wheel and the end of the wheel at the same time. And so when God's talking about the wheel within the wheel, God is the inner wheel and man is the outer wheel. He sees your beginning and your end at the same time. That's how he knows, how, you know, he knows what's going to happen. So it, it, it little side note, but that... That's why he can speak so profoundly in the prophetic is because he knows. You know, I I can't say, you know, I can't say what next week's going to bring for Scott because Scott don't have a clue. Scott could be really nervous about next week. But the truth of the matter is God already knows next week because he's already seen it and it's already happened in his, in his dimension. Because God and sits that's... outside of space and time, and he just, he wrote down what was exactly. going to happen. Exactly. Because, see, as humans, and because of the fall of man, we think in linear time. We think of, I was born March 28, 1962, I'm going to die sometime in, you know, whenever. We, and we think we've got to cram as much of what, in between those two lines, in between those two points, we have to cram so much. And the Lord is saying, I already see it. Don't sweat it. You know, so Scott it is does what uh, it is. does God uh speak sometimes through numbers? What I mean by that is um many people, including myself, have been seeing number sequences and what I mean by that is uh it's uncanny. I'll be um I just feel impressed and look at my desk clock here and it'll say 333 or I'll look at the laptop it'll say 333 you're going down the road and uh, I kept seeing these numbers 333 9-11 I've been seeing 444 I mean like uh, the past couple days I saw it like three times in a 24 hour period someone said 333 I've seen that too they said it might be Jeremiah 333 and uh, I've got my word here it says uh, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee Great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Um, is that one way that God can speak, or could oh, it be Lord. from the devil? How do you judge something like that? Well, what, now for me, if God speaks to me in numbers, which in my dreams and cl- in my dreams and visions class, we do get into symbols, um, numbers, we get into colors, because there, there's this. Um, there's a lot to God. The Bible says no man can understand the depth of God. No matter how deep we go, God will always be deeper. That, that to me says that God uses numbers. There's a reason why God chose seven days in a week. Why he worked six and rested seven. You know, there's yes. a reason why they're three and one. There's a reason why he had 12 disciples 
Oh, could that be that there were, oh, 12 tribes of Judah. Could, there you go. Could, you know, spitball something out there. God uses it. Now, God can open all those doors. We just got to be willing enough to look. The thing that I caution people is whenever they get into, like, numbers and colors and symbols, um, is don't think that that's the only word of God. In right. other words, if God gives you a revelation about, you know, your 333 or your 444, you know, like for me, he's been speaking to me the number 12. Which really? The number 12 means government. Okay. It, you know, and it, it, it stands for the government of God. Hence, that's why there were 12 tribes of Judah. There was 12 tribes or 12 disciples. 12 means government. Oh, and just for all you that are curious, 13, everybody always talks about Friday the 13th, or, you yes. know, 13 is an unlucky number. Actually, 13 is double blessing and double cursing. It's really? how you receive the number. Oh, so interesting. So I the 13th, I receive the double blessing. Okay. But because if you actually study it out, it means double blessing and or double cursing. You know, it became annoying for me, and I said, God, if, if this is you, I want to know the meaning of it. If it's the devil, then I bind it in Jesus' name. But um, I was, uh, you know, I became of the opinion that, uh, you know, Satan seeks to counterfeit everything. So if there's a counterfeit, there's the authentic. If there's Jesus Christ, he's going to try to bring the Antichrist, right? Right. Um, so, you know, there's... He'll uh, bring the false prophet, and he'll bring... That's right. Here's, here's the thing. Everybody focuses on, well, who's the false prophet, who's the Antichrist. I don't want to, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I'm, I'm, I don't consider myself an expert in this, but the thing of it is, before the Antichrist can come, before the false prophet can come, you have to have the false teacher. You have to have the false pastor. Wow. You, you have to have, you have to have the great falling away. You know, and then you're going to have your Antichrist, and then you, you know, you know, and where it says, great on that? I'm just believing God. Amen. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, no, Amen to that, um, Scott. Um, I, and I, I don't want to just talk, uh, spend all our time here just talking about the numbers, but uh, many people are seeing numbers. Um, where would you direct people to go for further study on that? Well, uh, the one book that I use. Um, is a book called Dreams and Visions by Jane Hammond. Okay. Um, Take a note here. Yeah, it, it's a decent book. Um, it has a lot of symbols in it. Has it, It's just a lot of basic stuff. Um, but that would be the one book I would probably recommend, you know, because there, there's a lot of people out there, and, and again, I a lot of people get really close to the edge, a little closer than I would personally. And so I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious. I look for stuff from established. One of the things I look for is I look for established lifestyles and people. I don't want to just have a flash in the pan. So yes. I look for established people when they speak things. That way I know, okay, they're not perfect, and they may miss it in this area, 
but at least I know they've been around they've been around the block more than once. You know what I'm saying? Well, he meant to that. Uh you yeah. look at the track record and you know, Scott, uh, I was introduced to you about two years ago and um I'll never forget what I told you. I said uh I said, Brother, I need a word from the Lord. Uh, I don't care if it's good or bad. As long as I get a word from the Lord, I know he hasn't forgotten about me. And I still feel that way. Um, it's always a good thing to get a word from the Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there's a lot of people asking the question, um, you know, I'm not hearing the Lord speak clearly. Um, maybe they've resolved in their hearts that, you know, I'll do whatever God says. I just want to be certain that uh, I'm hearing from the Lord. I want to hear something. What can people do? Because, I mean, I hear some people say that God's always speaking. It's just that we're not tuning into the frequency, you know. The Word right. says he speaks once, twice, three times, yet man comprehendeth right. it not. Um, what's your advice to people out there who want to hear from God I'm for gonna, their own lives? I'm going to say something a little bit crazy, and this is how I learned to hear God's voice. And this is and this is something I picked up in, when I was growing up in Iowa. And trust me... It, I really am from Iowa, <laughs> um, and it's a great place. But when I was growing up there, I would watch all these people, and they would devour the Word, and they would read the Word so fast. And I'm going, God, I want to read the Word that fast. I want to I wanna be as fast as they are. But every time I would pick up the Bible, yes, every time, I would read about David, or I'd read about Joseph, or I'd read my Ezekiel or Nehemiah. And when I would read about these great men in the Bible, every time I'd read about them, I always felt this thing, put myself in their shoes. And then as I started to do that, like when I would read about David, I have a whole lot more sympathy for David than most people do. Because most people think, well, he is a sinner. And you know what? If David was king today and he had that affair with Bathsheba, he'd be history. Oh, yeah. But I have a little bit more sympathy because I understand I could be that guy that was on the rooftop. I should have been out fighting, but I saw something I shouldn't have. Okay. So I have a little bit more compassion. and. So whenever I would read stuff in the Bible, I don't read it as an outside person. I read the Bible, and this is how I've learned to hear God's voice for me. I read the Bible as it's my notebook to my soul. Well, I like everything that. about everything about Scott Lathrop is in the Word of God, and when I read it, I put it as though it's. God said, Scott, you want an instruction manual to life, and you want an instruction manual as to who you are, here it is. But now don't read it like other people read it. Read it as though it's for you and it's about you. And so when I read about the great testimonies, they're about me. I yes. can go over and see miracles. I saw a deaf boy get his hearing back. Oh, tell the miracle I mean, about go, the little baby that was brought in dead. Yeah, it, ten years ago when I went over there the first time, we had a guy brought in a dead baby. All right, yeah, that's kind of crazy, you know. But you know what? No, the Bible says that Elijah laid on the baby, and it came a baby boy, and it came a boy, and it came back to life. That's right. I can do that. That's Amen. In, that's in the manual. It 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 it's there. I can read it. 
They brought that baby, put him in your arms, and what happened next? <laughs> yeah, you set me up. Aren't we supposed to be going to phone calls about this time? Uh, um, basically, what happened was is we were in a church. I was actually in Chernobyl, um, and we were in a church, and I had made a mistake, and that morning I'd accidentally drank some of the water while brushing my teeth. And I knew I was in trouble, Uh-oh. and I had gotten physically sick on the stage while preaching. Wait a minute, you something... mean Chernobyl, meaning the, yeah. uh, the place that had the radiation? Yeah. You were there with with the radiation? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there, and and I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm dying on this stage because my body was cramping because oh, man. my body did not like the water I had just drank. Yes. And so I was having a bad reaction. The problem is there was 1,500 people watching me have this reaction in front of them. And so it was humbling to say the lot. And and I just sat there, and I'm like, what is happening? And then all of a sudden, finally, I told the pastor I couldn't preach because I was just in so much pain, and I fell to the ground. And so he just started walking back and forth, and he was kind of embarrassed because, you know, they'd been advertising American prophet coming into town, and he gets there, and here's this great man of faith and power, and he's sick. That's not good, and it's also not acceptable. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, all right, yeah, you weren't the one sitting in the chair. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, finally, God said, I, I felt the Lord saying, my spirit, get up, take the chair, sit on the edge of the stage, and preach from the seated position. Okay. So I looked at the pastor and I said, can I preach sitting down? And he said, oh, sure, sure, please, you know, because his neck was on the line because of all these people that were brought in. And and so I just started, and I remember looking up and I saw two Ukrainian soldiers, and they had AK-47s. And I thought, oh, this is going to be fun. Soldiers in church, I... And I, you know, I, I had a flesh moment, and so I, I started ministering, and then all of a sudden two guys with a white coat came in, and they brought this baby in that was blue and cold. Oh, wow. And they said, well, if you're really, and and they brought him in to embarrass, because atheism is really big over there, and they really like to embarrass ministers, and so they brought this guy in, busted right through the line, you know, we were praying for women, we were praying for people, a lot of people were getting healed, and they cut to the front of the line and said, well, if you're really a man of God here, bring this baby back to life. And I looked at them Oh, and man, like, that's putting you on the spot right there. <laughs> yeah, I might have I actually said in English, luckily I was in Russian and nobody could understand me, but I might have said something to the effect of, oh, crud, because, you, know, <laughs> you know, I'd never done anything like that before, so all of a sudden... They put the baby in my arms. It was the most, I I can't even tell you how disgusting that felt. But as soon as they put the baby in my arms, I fell out of the chair. And I just started laying on the ground. And I just remember going, oh, God, what what's going on? I'm sick again. I'm thinking about me, forgetting the fact that I'm holding a, a, a deceased child. I'm thinking about God. I'm sick again. I'm cramping. I'm cramping. 
and I can feel my arms are cramping so tight that now I'm crushing the baby. So now I'm thinking, I'm going to go to jail for crushing a dead baby. And I'm sitting there, and in my mind, I'm arguing with myself so bad that the greatest miracle I was ever involved in, I missed it. Dude, I was there. There was nobody closer than me because I'm the one holding the baby, and I missed it. All of a sudden, I look down, the hands are no longer blue. Wow. Five minutes later, the baby starts crying. Needless to say, all 1,500 people, the doctors took the baby, they left very quietly. Praise God, man. And when we when we went to leave, all 1,500 people wanted me to lay hands on And I'm like, and about that time, the two Ukrainian soldiers came and drug me out the back of the building. I was very grateful they were there after that because there was no way. One on 1,500 was not good odds. Oh, my goodness. But, Going back to my manual, the Bible says we can do that. Amen. The problem is we don't believe we can do that. It's according to our faith, that We read the Bible that says, oh, Elijah did that, or James and Peter did that, or Peter and John did that, you know, or Jesus did that, or, you know, Moses did that. No. Take the daggum names out and put yours in because you can do. People ask me all the time, Scott, how long are you going to live? 120. Why? Because that's I'm what going the Bible says. 969. <laughs> yeah. And it's what the Bible says. And the Bible says, you know, picking on Moses, Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eyes were not dim and his face was not wrinkled. I'm like, all right, God, I'll take the eyes not dim and the face not wrinkled. But if you wanted to take some of the belly, you could do that, too. But anyway. <laughs> I need to even take 50 seen. pounds right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there going, hey, you know, you can, you know, Thanksgiving here, have a slice, you know. But. Man, what, just, a, what, what a testimony. You know, but it, the thing of it is, it's not, it's not anything I did. Again, it was the greatest miracle I'd ever seen that I never saw. Because Scott, in his flesh, was thinking about himself. Oh, God, there's there's Ukrainian soldiers. Oh, God, there's this. Oh, God, there's that. And God's going, oh, you're such a bonehead. And he went ahead, despite my own stupidity, and raised that baby from the dead. I had nothing to do with it other than holding it. I'm not even too sure that I actually prayed for it properly. And people are going, well, that's not the way to publicize your ministry. The problem is, is people think, they they strive for perfection, and as long as you have a heartbeat, you're the only one that's going to be perfect is God. Amen. God looks at our heart, key, doesn't he? And the thing of it is, the key to perfection, you really want to know the key to perfection? The key to perfection, perfection in ministry, is simply doing what God says. Oh, man. No more, no less. You don't have to jump up and down. You don't have to sling towels in the air. Even though I've been known to jump up and down and go a little crazy, I, I, I will admit, if you've ever been to one of our crusades, Pastor Scott, sometimes he gets excited. He's an excitable boy. So I'm okay <laughs> with that. But the thing of it is, that's for me. But we have to understand that God himself is not moved by that. And we 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 got to move the way he wants us to move. Amen. Um, that brings me a really good question here. Um, 
when God gives a word to a prophet and we receive that, uh, is it conditional on us? Or I mean, yes, could it not happen if we if we maybe we don't do our part? That is true. I mean, I've and and I'm I'm going to over exaggerate this by a bunch, but it's like if God gives you a word about, let's say He gives you a word about restoration and restoring. Yes. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, that's cool. And then all of a sudden you go out and you cause havoc in other people's lives. That word will not come to pass in your life because you went and sowed into other people's havoc. Okay. That's important prophet, to know. The prophetic is 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 designed to be a seed. God's saying, Hey Shannon, I want to bring some restoration to you. I want to do this. So while I'm doing this to you, I need you to do this to other people. Wow. But the problem is, a lot of people, they think, all right, I got my word. I'm good. But then they go on living life like, you know, hey, I don't really give a flip about you. So take a hike. And then they go, oh, well, that guy must have been a false prophet because his word never came to pass. No, you didn't meet the conditions to have the word come to pass in the first place. What would be the general rule of thumb uh, for people listening right now that want to have all the best that God uh, intended for them and to be able to walk closely, be able to hear them, even daily? And, you know, what can a person do that that truly wants to serve the Lord and please Him? (laughs) That's that's a loaded question, Um, but let me just put it to you this way. It's it it's simple but it's hard. It, it's like God, he he can't give us a straight answer. Yes, I love you, but I'm going to make you work. Okay. Well, here's here's the simple answer to that. The simple answer is, if God gives you word, or you're really seeking a word, the Lord will give you one. But the thing of it is, with every word that you get, there's a process that you have to go through to see that word received. And or to come to pass, excuse me. Okay, now and, you yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. <clears throat> and and so to answer your question about well, how do I get how do I get God to speak to me? The the simple answer to that is pray. I, I will tell you that when I was for a long time, I I could hear God's voice for other people, but I could and 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 to some point today even. I can't hear God say diddly for me. He'll say, Scott, give Shannon a word. Scott, give give Frank a word. Scott, give Sarah a word. Scott, prophesy into this kingdom. Scott, prophesy to this leader. Prophesy here. Prophesy this. And, and I'll do it because that's what I'm supposed to do and that's what I'm called to do and I'll do it in a heartbeat. But a lot of times I don't hear a word from me. And so what I have to do is I have to, if I can't hear a word from me, I have to go to the word to get my word. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Have and, you ever... Uh, yes, sir. Have you ever, do you ever um, take your Bible and say, God, I need a word, and let it fall open? Can and then put your finger down? Can God speak that way? Yes and no. Because, see... A lot of people that get to that place are people that are in a hurry or in a panic. 
and God's not moved by fear. But I have, because I'll sit there, I'll I'll look at my word, and I'll go, God, where do you want me to study today? Where do you want me to go? What do you want to say to me? And he doesn't have, I don't, I don't have the Bible. Now, I can't lie. One time I opened up my Bible, it fell open, and it fell open to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And it, everything in that chapter was what I needed for that day. Okay. That happened one time in 28 years. Well, God can use any means that he wants, right? Oh, yeah, he can He can definitely do it. But what I'm saying is, is what you want to do is you want to ask God, hey, where... Do you want me to be? Okay. Because if you can ask him where you want me to be, and all of a sudden, and here's the thing, you have to recognize that still small voice. Scott, I want you to go into Leviticus. Ooh, I don't want to go into Leviticus. Ew, Leviticus, the law? Why do I need to go into law? Ick. Man, that's what I want to know. How can we know uh, that we're hearing? What is the still small voice? I mean, I have actually asked God questions, and, there were times, I mean, it was like I got an instant answer. I didn't know if it was my vain imagination, though. How do we recognize it? How do I recognize it? It's yes. through that instant answer. Really? Because if you have to think about it, then you take away the faith from it, and then it really becomes polluted. I believe when God speaks to a person, that when he speaks to them, they have to... The Bible says that, again, back in John chapter 10... My people know my voice. Well, how do we know his voice? We know his voice through prayer and meditation and the reading of the word. And when I'm praying and I say, God, where do you want me to go? Oh, and by the way, for anybody listening, if you're wondering what God's voice sounds like. Oh, yes. Yes, Scott. What does God's voice sound like? I am so glad you asked. God's voice sounds just like you. Really? And and not to add any more confusion to the matter... Just for the record, I'm going to light up your phones here in a moment. Uh, the devil's voice sounds just like you. Oh. What do you mean? Well, first of all, God created you. That's right. So God God made your voice, and so he's going to speak to you in the voice that he created you in. So you're going to sound, when you hear God, it's going to be in your voice. The reason Moses knew it was God in the burning bush is because if you look at the translation in the Hebrew, he knew it was his voice and he wasn't speaking. So he Uh. knew it had to be God. All right. So God created you. God created your voice. So God's going to speak to you in your voice. You're not going to hear this thunder... Boom, hey, Scott, this is God, thus saith the Lord God of hosts and thunder and lightning and everything else. It's going to be, hey, dude, it's me. Oh, okay. Now, for the really religious and pious, that's insulting because God speaks with reverence and power. No, God is a whole lot cooler than you give him credit for. Oh, that's awesome. He speaks to us in a voice that we can understand, and we all understand our voice. But, Scott, you said the devil speaks in our voice because the devil, and this is this is truth here, the devil is the ultimate counterfeit. The devil will counterfeit everything that God does. The, how do you tell the difference then? Yes. The Bible says... 
the Bible says that all voices are not our voices. And the reason it says that is because, I, and this is something that I believe personally, you know, I believe that we hear God's voice. I believe we hear God, uh, our voice, and I believe we hear the devil's voice. Amen. All right. My voice said, Scott, wear a black shirt and black pants today and socks. Now, God did not tell me that I had to wear black socks, black pants, and black shirt. That was just something I wanted to do. I saw it in my closet. I put it on and said, ooh, okay, cool. All right. I saw that, and that was my voice. But when I see something that requires a moral decision, I rely on the voice that says, Scott, help that person. And the and the best way to tell God's voice is Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. I'm going to read that to you as soon as I get to it. Um, because it, it, it's the fruit of the Spirit, but in prophetic circles, we call that the character of God. And I want to hear this. Galatians chapter 5. Brother, the people in the chat room are saying, and preach it, Brother Scott. This is good word tonight. Um, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is the voice that you're going to hear on the inside of you. And this is how you're going to know the difference between God's voice and the devil's voice. It's simple, but it's difficult. And the, the truth of the matter is, the simple, here it is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now catch this. This is really, 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 really important. If you want, I'll throw a couple more reallys on there. Oh, yeah. Against such, there is no law. What's that mean? That if you have, if you hear or have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that's as close to perfection you're going to get on earth. And when you hear those things in your spirit, that is the voice of God. That is the voice of God. Now, what's the voice of the devil? The voice of the devil is the exact opposite. Well, you know, Shannon got that new car, and I just don't think he deserved it. I think Shannon went and did something he shouldn't have. The <laughs> devil will always accuse in third person. What do I mean by that? In other words, he's going to do what he did to you, what he did to Eve. He's not changed his game plan. He's going to go, oh, that brother did that to you. So now, why shouldn't you do it to him? And the difference between the two, and for me it's real simple, is love. One will be void of love, and God is love. Every fiber of the being of God is love. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why Jesus is love. That's why the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter, because he operates in love. So anything he speaks to you is going to be in love and in confirmation. And even if he corrects you, because correction comes in love too. I'm not going to let my kid play in the middle of the street. I'm going to snatch him out of the street because I love him. So you have to sit there and you go, okay, I feel these things inside me. That's the voice of God talking to you. Well, does that wow. mean I go out and prophesy to everybody? No. That means now you have a starting point and a reference point, 
in which you can now minister to other people or you can minister to yourself because it says in Timothy that we must first take care of ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves first and then we take care of our family, then we take care of the others, then we take care of the ministry. We have to take care of ourselves first. And I have to hear, in order for me to be a good husband, a father, a good minister, the truth of the matter is I have to hear God for me first before I can, you know, for, before I can hear from my wife, before I can hear from my family, and before I can hear for the people on my team. I have to hear that first. And if I hear anything accusatory, dark, sarcastic, mean, you know, there's a whole process that we go into in the Hearing God's Voice classes that because there's filters and there's all kinds of things. But first of all, to everybody listening, you can hear God's voice. You were created to hear God's voice. You don't yes. need anything special to hear God's voice. Everything you need to hear God's voice with, you already have on the inside of you. The only thing you have to do is you have to trust that voice that you hear on the inside. And you, and you to, trust the, voice, you trust ahead, the voice that brings love and, com, um, and comfort and up, uplifting. God's going to say, yes, yeah, Scott, you can do it. Scott, go ahead. Now, sometimes God will say, Scott, don't do that. And Scott will listen to that, and he won't do it. And then there's sometimes God will say, don't do that again. And Scott will go, but I have to. Wait, it's here again. I'm, you know, Because one thing about the devil is he's consistent. And that's what the thing people don't realize is the devil will attack your consistency. I may have beat him once. I may have beat him twice. I may have even beat him three times. But if you know what, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the devil kept coming back. And even when he beat him in the wilderness, it says in the scripture that he left him for a season to come back another time. There you in other go. words, okay. he wasn't done with Jesus. And that's Jesus, man. That's, that's number two in command. Or number one and a half, depending upon how you see it. Wow. And so, you know... Yes, But you have to understand that when we hear God's voice, he's going to bring comfort to us. And there's a lot of junk going on in the land today. And my heart goes out to people. And I, I dude, we're all going through stuff. I'm going through stuff. You're going through stuff. we all going through stuff. Yes. But the only way you're going to make it is if you have God's voice in your heart. So to if cultivate you know, that, um, what's the the best advice? Getting in the Word and praying every day? Yeah. Does God tend to speak at one time more than another? In other words, uh, if we want to pray and try to put ourselves in the right position, can He speak any time, or does He like to speak at 3 a.m. in the morning, or what? Time. He can speak any time. Now, for me, if it's something that He really wants to get my attention on, uh, usually anywhere between 2 and 4 in the morning is usually about the time I wake up. And he'll go, all right, this is what I want to say. But generally, he'll speak any time. 
Here's the thing. I'm going to give you one last secret, and then we only have – I have to leave in a half hour, so hopefully I can answer some more questions. But here's the thing I want to bring out is when we pray, we pray and we go, oh, God, help me with this. Oh, God, help me with this. God, do this. God, do that. God, help Aunt Sister Sue. Help you know, Brother Bill, too, and, you know, God, help my church. God, help my family. God, let my kids pass. You know, we do the prayer, and there's nothing wrong with the prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. But here's here's where we pray amiss. It's not in the asking that we miss. It's the Bible also says, be still and know that I'm God. If you're going to ask God a question, you might want to stick around to see if he'll give you the answer. And a lot of times, our own mind, the Bible calls our mind the unjust judge. We will pray for something or somebody, and instantly that drops in our heart. And then our mind will be the first thing to go, oh, that can't be God. That's just nuts. No, that was God. You just reasoned it away. Oh. You prayed, you asked God for a thing, he gave you a solution, and you said no. And then people go, why isn't God talking to me? He's talking, you're just not hearing. Scott, um, what about um, actually speaking the word of God? You hear the word, you know, speaking the word of God in existence, or proclamations, or decreeing a thing. Um, is 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 there value in doing that? Oh yeah. I, like I, I, I said earlier, you know, I I believe in confession. I confess the word. Now, give us an example of maybe how someone could proclaim or confess something over their life. All right, for me and my family, one of the things I confess all the time over my family is Isaiah fifty three five. By His stripes I am healed. Okay. And because of His stripes and me being healed, I have no sickness in my family. I don't wait for the sickness to come to confess it. I head it off before it comes. Ah. So when I pray for my children, and I was kind of attacked with that. I was in Michigan last week, and I get a call late at night, and my youngest is going to the emergency room, and I sat there and I went, no, by his stripes, we are healed. That's not going to happen. We went to the emergency room. It was no big deal. And we don't, you know, that's just one example, you know, I, you know, another one I, I confess is I confess that I, First Corinthians uh, 14, verse 1, above all else, my brethren, I ask that you would prophesy, that we all can prophesy, covet the gift of prophecy. I love First Corinthians 14. I confess it all the time. I want, I want to, and another confession um, from Psalms, Lord, I want to do my best to serve you in all my ways and in all my paths. So we should start memorizing the word and just start speaking it over us. Yeah. Amen. Wow, that's powerful. Um, for someone out there um, who believes they've been, here's a question: it says, "If I believe I've been called into prophecy, uh, but I like to cultivate that. Do you have a school of the prophets? Do you have a course that a person can take and learn?" Um. I do have a course. I do have a class. Um, depending upon where this person's geographical location is, 
Um, right now, unfortunately, I do not have the means to transport the school. I do do like right now. I'm I'm finishing up a dreams and visions class in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Um, but and then like in January, I know I'm going to be in the Boston area doing a class of some kind over the weekend. One of the things I'm trying to do is I'm trying to condense my classes so I can get into more churches and teach people. Because that person that asked that question, I like that kind of person because that means they're hungry for the Word. Yes. And what you want to do in these times, I say this, the Bible says be careful that you that the elect wouldn't even be deceived. In other words, I want to I want to stay so tuned in with what God is saying that if the enemy does say something or he brings somebody else to say something, I know that it's not God and that it's the enemy and I don't get tricked. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And um, so I would, you know, to answer his questions, I do have a class. I just, depending upon where he is, um, what's he's in uh, contact. Give out your contact information, Scott. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Prophet Scott Latrup of Soul Bait Ministries. Uh, this is a live program. Scott, give out your contact information. Um, our contact information is uh, uh, Um If you go there, you'll see a cover page. Um, I do a word of the month. Also, we have we let people know what cities we're going to be in. Like this weekend, we're going to be in um, Miami, um, Miami, South Florida. Uh, next weekend, I'm off. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to spend time <laughs> with my family and Thanksgiving. And then the week after that, I'm going up to Philadelphia, and I'll be in Philadelphia for four days. Uh, so we're all over the place, and we're we're starting to get things cooking for January. And so, you know. They can find out where we're at on the website. Also, I would encourage you that on the website there's a little thing called testimonies. And a lot of people, they go look at the big things, and but if you click on the tab for testimonies, you'll read some of the testimonies that God has done. And I can honestly say I just look at them and go, wow, Jesus, you know, I don't know what this is, and I, I don't fully understand why you do this through me, but go, Jesus. You know, because Jesus is the only the only reason I'm here. Somebody asked me, said, "What would you do if you weren't saved?" I said, "I know what I'd be. I said, I'd be dead and in hell." And I said, "Because I, I was I was crazy. I, I didn't have fear, and I would try." You know, somebody said, "Hey, you want to jump off that cliff without a bungee cord?" Yeah, man, let's do it. You know, I was dumb enough to try it. You know, I, I remember cliff diving one time. That was a trip. I went with me and my uncle. We were diving <laughs> off cliffs, and you know. So I'm, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I love. You're braver than me. Wow. <laughs> I love the fact that God loves me, and so when I see God do great testimonies and He touches people, we had a lady healed of cancer, and that testimony is on there. To me, is still one of the. I just when I read it, I go, "Wow, did that really?" I was there, and I I was amazed. I I mean, you, you just sit there and you go, "Wow, that is so stinking cool." Go Jesus! I can't take credit for nothing. In, in Scott, nothing can happen. 
but in God and the understanding of who Jesus is, all things are possible. Amen. And that sounds simplistic, and you hear it, and unfortunately a lot of people use that and have cheapened the meaning of that, but the truth of the matter is, all things in Jesus, because I have my instruction manual, are possible. You know, so, but Scott, yeah, you can go to our website and check it out. Folks, I'm not going to hog him. Uh, I'm going to get on the phone here. We've got calls lining up, and I know he's got a short amount of time. Um, let me ask you two questions. For people out there that are tuning in, and they're wanting the uh, gift of the Holy Spirit, um, what is the blockage for people who have not received that and would like to speak in tongues? Um, for me, I'm a little different than that. Um does God want to give that people. gift to everybody listening out there? What's that? For everybody listening, um, does God want to give the gifts of the Spirit, or does he just you know, hand yes. out maybe to one prophecy and other uh, God gives dreams? all of us his gifts freely and liberally. When he poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they got everything they needed to get that day. When we accept the Holy Spirit... And now, I'm a little bit different than my charismatic brothers. I believe a person receives the Holy Spirit on the day of salvation because okay. it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can be saved. So I believe a person... He has to draw us, that's correct, yes. ...receives the Holy Spirit on the day of salvation. Now, the activation, I, I like referring it to this way. I have just received the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. Now I have this giant Christmas tree with all these nine gifts underneath it. Which one do I open first? Wow. They all have my name on them. That's cool. But I've got to open them. And, what do, and what do you do to open now, them? Huh? What do you do to open them? Well, a lot of times you just pray and you walk it out. But you you were asking about praying in tongues. One of the things that we do is we pray with people. And when we when we lay hands on them, we pray until they feel it. And tongues, as as a general rule of thumb, comes from the belly and it comes up and you feel it. And you know you may only get a part of a thing, but it's a start. You know, and but we'll pray with them until they get it. Sometimes people get it really quick. Sometimes people it takes time. And then some people it you know it takes a couple days or a couple weeks. And if and if they really want it and they still don't get it, then there's 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 some kind of blockage that would stop them from getting that, and that would that would be you know something where you'd need to get into some counseling because God's given it to you, and and He wants you to use it. The only person that don't want you to use your nine gifts under that Christmas tree is the devil. That's right. So if if you're having a blockage in an area. That's the devil. If you're wondering where the devil's working, right there. Now, you heard it, folks. Uh, you know, now here's another question. If someone has received a word that uh, God has got them on a special course and they can't go to the left or right, but they can control the speed, uh, how do they know how much progress that they've made or what they can do to accelerate it? Um, well, one of the ways that they do that, and part of the reason that God's at least when I'm prophesying, um, when I hear something like that, or when I hear God say something like that, is is 
if you look to the left or right, it's the the reason God doesn't want them to look to the left or right is because there's the potential of being spun off course. Because here's 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 a natural and physical fact: you move in the way you walk. Or excuse me, I said that wrong. You move the way you look. You look to the left, whether you realize it or not, you're going to start moving to the left. You look to the right, you're going to start moving to the right. And God's wanting you to stay straight on course. So sometimes you have to just keep looking. And sometimes because the enemy will attack you so much from the left and right, you have to put blinders on. You can't, you have to force yourself to stay straight. And so what you have to do at that point is keep going straight. Now, the thing of it is, a lot of people, and in that particular word that I was giving, um, when you say that, it's about, all right, moving you faster through the process or slower through the process. God is eternal, and God will move at the speed that you want to move through. Maybe God's got someone out there on like a slot car, and they can't go to the left or right, but they can control the speed. Yeah. Um, Satan would probably try to come through and maybe put some distractions in the way so that maybe they'll waste time on fruitless endeavors. How do they judge that and make sure that uh, they're only walking through the door God wants them to? This is this is the one thing I, I tell people, and this is what I tell ministers. Because ministers have this question, well, am I really this doing the board, right folks. thing? Yes. And, and, and the Bible is really plain and it's really crystal clear. Good seed brings good fruit. Good fruit follows good ministries. Oh, wow. If you're seeing fruit, and what I mean by fruit, the goodness of God in your life, you're seeing people saved, healed, set free. You're seeing Jesus moving, signs and wonders in your life. You're seeing Jesus move to the course that you would expect him to move in your life then that's good fruit. You're in the right place doing the right thing. Just don't stop. Now, if everything you do turns into a witch hunt or you're fighting or there's strife or you feel anger or you feel fear, um, you have to back up and punt because that means you've been turned off course somewhere. And so good fruit follows good ministries. Bad fruit, strife follows people that have followed the flesh. Now, that sounds hard and cord. Some people follow the flesh just by accident. Now, I'm not saying it's excusable. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes you just have a bad day and you don't realize that you've spun off into a flesh cycle. Well, you can't necessarily look at uh, fleshly indicators like finances, for example. I mean, there's ministers out there that uh, are barely hanging on, but yet they're seeing fruit in their churches, um, do they still keep pushing forward, or uh, or maybe is that an indicator that uh, something's wrong if if they can barely keep the lights on? No, uh, I don't believe I don't believe that there's anything wrong because I I won't lie. I mean, our ministry we we are an itinerant ministry, and what I mean by that is we we go from church to church. I'm looking right now. Our big campaign for this coming year is. We're looking for prophetic partners. We're looking for a thousand people to partner with us. All right? And you can go to our website and see what that's about. Because, dude, I have 
four more trips overseas planned for next year, and I have to pay for those. And yet I have to maintain a living, a life, and here at home. So finances are tough. And part of me, part of me just wants to go, okay, I give up. I'm just going to go out. You know, because one of the lies that the enemy will perpetrate is that, well, you're not really working, you're just helping people. Well, no offense, but helping people is work. I don't know if you've ever... Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So what I would say is... So don't don't muzzle the ox, which is treading the corn. Right. God is going to bring refreshing to his church. And what I mean by that is God is going to help the finances of those who are serving him and who are doing that in pureness and in holiness. Now, if you're doing something crooked, like, you know, I ministered to somebody not too long ago, and they said, oh, yeah, I'm doing this, this, and this. What what should I do? And I, said, I looked at them and said, y'all need to repent. <laughs> yes. I said, first of all, what you're doing is illegal, and second of all, that's not God. And right. they kind of didn't like it, but then they were frustrated because they're not seeing fruit. And I'm like, well, duh, because you're... Come on. Well, you know, the, the, the Word talks about the different levels of fruit. One of them was a hundredfold return. Have you ever concentrated on the hundredfold? What did it take to see that versus a ten? Um, well... In terms of I'm planting gonna... seed. In planting seed, well... I can say this. We had at one point, um, well, case in point, when we went to the Ukraine, um, we were were getting tight on money. And I was like, God, I need help (laughs) because I got to take Jen. I got to take, you know, I got to take the team and help. (laughs) And... And the Lord said, well, just give a gift. And so my wife wrote out a check and pretty much broke our bank account, which didn't break it, but, you know, it was, it was a sacrificial gift. Um, and I just sat there and I said, okay, God, here it is. And so I gave it to him. And then three days, four days, it might have even been a week later, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he goes, well, how are you coming on your Ukraine, your Ukraine campaign? And I said, well... I said, I'm paid for, but I need about another $1,000 to get my wife paid for. And he goes, okay, I'll have it to you tomorrow. Wow. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah. And so it was sent off, and it was a blessing. We bought the plane ticket. She got to go, and, you know, but it was it was, it was was a thousand-fold return on the offering we sowed. Man. Now, you know, I'm not saying it works that way every time. I'm just saying it worked that way that time. Okay. You know, because so sometimes the problem you, is... You give out of your need like the widows might. Right. The thing of it is people are trying to find a system, a consistent system, where it's like I can go to the <laughs> I can go to the ATM every... God's ATM every week. Okay. Well, you can, but you have to know that he changes the pin every week. And so you have to listen... <laughs> To yeah. what that pin is. That's a good. So that's that a good. Can, yes. So you can keep that consistent flow. Praise Does that God. Make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And uh, folks, I'm going to go right to the line. Stand by. Um, caller, you're on the air from six one two area code with Prophet Scott Lathrop. Go ahead. 
Hello, Mega Man. Thank you for holding there, sir. How are you tonight? That's Brother Joe. Hey, Brother Joe. You're on there with Brother Scott Lathrop. Doing great. Yeah, I really have enjoyed the program. I've enjoyed the program this morning, too. But I just want to ask the the pastor, Brother Scott, uh, I've been going through some uh, difficulties recently. And... uh, I'm not sure if this is how this is how you do it. Whether you have a word for me from the Lord or or uh, anything like that. Well, I, I can say this as you were talking. I, I just feel like that God. When I when when you picked up the phone, um, I felt like the Lord was telling me to tell you that that He's going to clear away the confusion. I feel like that. I don't know what's going on, but I feel like that's some confusion and the Lord wants to bring some restoration to you and that he wants to bring some clarity to you it's not a matter of willingness it's a matter of which way do I go and the Lord's going to show you a clearer direction and he's going to show a greater breakthrough for you and and I just feel like that God's going to touch you I also feel like that God's going to he's going to help your family I don't know what that means but I just feel like that God's going to touch you powerfully sir all right, I'm I'm caring for an ailing mom, and the difficulty is um, standing on the promises, but not really seeing any any resolution to her illness. And so, right. I have to learn to be content with His grace is sufficient for me, but it um, it puts me into some kind of an internal uh, questioning at times. Oh, but, no, and that you know what that's understandable, um, and that's not, you know, some some people would say, oh well, you just don't have enough faith, and that's not true. As long as you keep praying for your mama, God's going to move on her, and God's going to touch her. Um, but you have you have to be the one to stand in the gap for her. You have to you have to help. Not you don't help her, and 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 the Bible also says don't beg. So we don't beg to God, but we do petition God, and we say, God, you know our things. And then every time every time you're with your mama, you just find a whole bunch of healing scriptures, and you just confess them over her. And, Amen. And you know what? And just see God's hand move. And you, I can't, you know, that's what, that's where I would go with that. All right. I do appreciate that. One time when I was in a really centered anointing of some kind, I thought I heard his voice, and it did sound more like my own, you know, uh, uh, voice, but it said, ask what you want. And, uh, of course, the underlying want was to see you healed, but I stopped and I said, well, just give me the gifts or strength to be obedient to you. But it's in a way it was just to more or less guarantee that she would be healed. So anyway. I I, I don't <laughs> know what's up with your mom, but I believe because of what you've asked God, God's going to touch you, and he's going to bring a breakthrough for your mom. All right, brother. Thank God you bless so you, much. Joe. Okay, bye-bye. God bless you, sir. Thank you for calling in. Uh, next caller, area code 904. You're on the air with Robert Scott Lathrop. Thank you very much, and thanks for the show. Scott, I need some wisdom. Um, 15 months of 
no relationship with my son, who is now 18, because his dad, he's my husband, is facing trial next month for um, child sexual abuse. And my son has sided with his dad against me because I was involved in helping rescue the child and his current wife. Um, We always had a wonderful relationship before. He did love the Lord, but... I guess I'm the safe one to be angry at, and I've gotten a word from God that, you know, Justin will be restored to us. But I don't know if I'm doing what I should be doing. I just stay back. I don't I don't get in his face. I stay away. But sometimes I just want to go kick the door in and grab him out of there. So, um, One of the things I, just to be totally honest, um, I was hearing God say as you were talking, that God has got your son, and that God has not—he's not, not going to leave him alone, and He's not going to forsake him. And and I also heard the Lord saying, "This is going to sound a little strange, but He's also got him protected." Okay. But I believe, I, I believe that God is going to, God is going to bring him home, but God has to show him something, because what has happened is the devil is sowed him a lie and he can't right now he can't see the truth but the Lord says I'm going to show him the truth and actually what I see God doing is not only showing him the truth and restoring him but uh, I don't I don't want to say it this way I, I just say that God has got him protected and that God is going to show him something but I also believe that God is going to do something to the the father um, I, I just feel like that God's got his finger on the Father and when when that when when God does that finger thump on the Father, it's gonna be a wake up call to the Son and when that happens he's gonna see the hand of God for himself and it won't be not that you would pollute it because you're you're you you, you sound like a good mama, so why would you do that? Because you wouldn't, but the thing of it is, he's bitten into a lie that says, well, my mom believes this, and because she believes this, I have to, you know, I'm just going to I'm gonna do what I want to do. But I heard the Lord say, because of your prayers, he's protected. But the Lord says, I am going to bring him to a place of revelation. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Thank you. And, yes, of course, I pray for his dad, too, so... Amen. All right, I know it's not easy, and and uh-huh. I, I and I'm not. Please don't think that I'm making light of it because I'm not. Oh, no. It, 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 God has your son, but what I see in that is like a two prong attack because it's like whenever you speak to your son, he just hears. And please don't take this wrong. He just hears blah blah blah, mom 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 and her religious thing, but the Lord is going to show him. Not religion, but relationship, and he's going to to restore your relationship with him, and he's going to show him where his relationship with his father is amiss. Okay, yeah, restoration is a word God has given me, and um, he told me a couple years ago in a dream before I ever knew about any of this that though the enemy would attempt to destroy my children, he wouldn't let him. But sometimes. You know, even knowing God's promise, sometimes it's hard to to focus on that and not to cry and not to, you know, oh, yeah, be weak. Yeah. But thank God for his word. 
Yes. God bless you, caller. Thank you Amen. very much. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, caller from 516 Area Code. You're on the air with Prophet Scott Lathrop. Hello? Yes, hello. Go ahead. Uh, this is actually Mike, who was uh, delivered a couple weeks ago. Hey, Mike. Um, <clears throat> I've uh, I've had some pretty amazing stuff going on in my life since... Uh, you know, I turned my life over to God. I've been bearing witness to a lot of miracles, and God's been uh, putting one person after another in front of me to testify about them. And um, I really feel very strongly that um, God has a very big calling in my life to do some work for Him and bring, you know, the kingdom to earth and whatnot. And uh, lately, I've been struggling uh, with some decisions, Um I'm a college student, and I took off for a little bit, and lately, um, nothing seems to matter to me other than God and just getting out there and, you know, sharing the word and the good news and everything, and uh, right now I'm making a decision to, you know, transfer to a school, and uh, they won't accept, you know, all of my credits from another school. I'm going to lose like a year, and... um, I was just wondering if you had any insights on, uh, you know, anything, if God would, you know, give you some kind of word or what I should be doing. Um, it's just been a really hard decision. Uh, I've been, you know, going into trades and back and forth from school and trade. And, you know, since all this happened, I really have not had no concern at all about money. And I've been, like, consumed with, uh, you know, the word and, you know, worship and just, talking to people about it, and um, I guess I'm just looking for a little bit of direction. Well, I, I believe God is going to give you that direction, and and I, and I think what, what I, what I, I'll just go with what I see. The Lord showed me a racehorse, and, and, and I saw you just running, 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 running really hard, but I also saw that the enemy would let you run, but at at a certain point, you just get tired. And what I believe God's wanting to do in this next season is he's wanting to give you the ability to maintain the race, to run the race, to break through. And, and, and I just hear God saying, get ready, because I'm going to open up the doors for you. And the Lord says, I'm going to help with your college. I'm going to help with the thing. And the Lord says, my hand is on you, and I am going to protect you. But I hear the Lord saying, it's about... I just hear the Lord saying it's a season of getting rooted and grounded and plugged in and getting the whole picture. And as you do, the Lord says, I'm going to bless you, and the Lord says, I'm going to bless your studies too. The Lord says, I'm going to give you favor in that area. So you you think I should definitely continue uh, with school? Uh, Yeah. Um, That's what I'm hearing. Now, I don't know, I mean, now, if, if that's something that you don't think you want to do anymore, that, that's well, something you need to take up with God. But I, I just feel like that there's a blessing coming there for you. Mm-hmm. I've been going to school with with really no direction, just, just for the sake of going to school. So that's why I'm a little bit on the fence about it. And uh, I've been, um, you know, put in a relationship with uh, Johnny Ova, with Army for God Ministries, and uh, he's asked me if I'm, you know, able to travel with him. And, uh, you know, 
I just lit up and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I want to travel. I want to, you know, do everything I can to, you know, spread the word and, you know, share the news with everybody. Well, now, if, that, if that's something that you believe, because trust me, that would be, trust me, it, it, yeah, spreading the word of God is definitely a different form of education, which I'm all about. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if that's something you believe you're supposed to do, then, you know, go ahead and jump on it. Um, you know, but I, I, I do believe that when it's all done, though, God is going to give you a specific, whether it's where you're at or it's after you do time with Johnny Ova or whatever, um, you, you're going to have a specific sense of, God's going to show you with clarity what you're supposed to be doing. And okay. so, you know, I, you know, that's what I feel like God is saying right now. Thank you for your call, Mike. God bless Thank you. you. Caller, 715 area code. You're on the air with Pastor Scott Lathrop. Yeah, hi. Uh, I was seeking direction also uh, is a situation in my life where uh, someone took advantage of me in real estate. And I was just, uh, just your uh, thoughts on that. Thank you. Um, hmm. Well, the only thing I can say to that, and I've had to walk this one out personally myself, and now I'm only going to speak for me. I can't speak for you, but I had to, I had to forgive the person, and God wouldn't let me. And even though this person owed me a lot of money, God God said God would tell me. He said, "Let it go." Um, I couldn't even pers- and I even had the ability to go for legal action, and I you know God said, "Don't do it." And so I I can't speak into that other than, you know, I don't know the specifics of that, but I would tell you that as you go into that, that God will, get, God will tell you what you need to do. If it's somebody just out there scamming people, there has to be some kind of justice. But I feel like that God is, I think God had me tell you that for a reason, because, sir, I believe God wants to restore some of your real estate, and I realize that this market is just atrocious, and I and I get that. But I, I, I do believe that God wants to restore some of that to you, but he wants to restore it to you and not so much a person, because this person um, God will deal with in his own way. Thank you very much. I, I feel upbeat. I really appreciate your show tonight, too. Have a good night. God bless you, brother. Yep. Caller from 270 Area Code. This is the last call we can take. Go ahead, brother. 270 Area Code. Yes, uh, Brother Shannon, thank you very much. I enjoyed the show, and and, uh, Al Cuppet and Brother Scott. Brother Scott, how are you doing? Brother Scott. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Very good. This this is Paul, and uh, uh, just seeking a a good word, Been, been struggling, been a uh, Christian almost all my life, but uh, just want to do the right thing. Amen. Um, well, can I just pray for you real quick? Yes, sir. All right. Well, Father God, I thank you for Paul, and Lord, I just thank you for blessing him, and Lord, I thank you that, Lord, that you you said that, Lord, that you keep your eye on those that are just. And so, Lord, I thank you that you're protecting Paul. 
And Lord, I thank you for you restoring him. And Paul, I just hear the Lord saying that the Lord says, and I know this is going to sound cliche, so please forgive me, but the Lord says, don't grow weary in well-doing. The Lord says, son, you're planting seeds and you're, 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 you've been sowing into a harvest that you have not yet seen. And the Lord says, I will bring the harvest to you. But the Lord says, I need to bring it to you. And what I see in that is I see that I see some man trying to push you into a scenario. And, and I hear the Lord saying, that's not me. And I don't know what that scenario is, but I just hear the Lord saying, you need to keep your eye on me. And as you do, the Lord says, I'll bless you powerfully. And the Lord says, my hand will be on you. And the Lord says, I will break through for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Uh, Brother Scott, before you go, um, would you pray a blessing over the listeners out there and also give out your contact information, how people can get a hold of you. If they would like to... um, they would like to get a word from God. They would like uh, you to minister to them. They'd like to support your ministry. They'd like to get involved in um, okay. your upcoming training programs. Uh, tell people how they can do that also. Well, um, the, everything we do right now, as far as our contact information, is done through our, our website. Um, and when you, you go on there, you it, there's a little button that says Contact Us, and you can go in there, and if you have a specific request or something like that, um, we will try and get to it as soon as humanly possible. The truth of the matter is I'm out of town a lot, so if you send it, like let's say you send it on a Thursday and I don't get back to you on a Tuesday till Tuesday, it's because I've been out of town the whole weekend ministering. Um, but that, and our contact information again is uh, soulbaitministries.com, um, www.soulbaitministries.com. And so if if you want to get in touch with us, that's the way you can do that. Um, I would also say that as you do that, God, you know, we're going to do our I – ha, I have a team of people. I'm not the only one that prophesies. I, God has given me a company of people that I've trained up, and they're all really good. And so you may get a response from me, or you may get a response from one of my teammates, but if you get a response from somebody from Soul Bait, you can know that you're going to hear the word of God, and you're going to yes. hear a word from God. So, yes, a lot of times I try and respond to them, but I also have other people on my team that sometimes I have respond uh, to different situations. So, you know, so I, I do want to say that, and I will pray for you all, um, Father God. I thank you for Shannon. I thank you for the Omega Man Radio Network. Father, I thank you for blessing and increasing his ministry and his business. Lord, I would ask that you would bring peace to him. Lord, I thank you for giving him favor with the government and his whole family thing, Father God. And, and Lord, I just thank you for touching him. And, Lord, I thank you for touching all the people out there that are listening, Jesus. I thank you that your hand is on them and that, Lord, that only you can meet their needs and that only you know their hearts, and that no man knows the in- your intent, but, Lord, that you know ours. And so, Father, I would thank you that you would touch every man, every woman, every child out there. Lord, I just speak to your healing. And, Lord, depending upon what time zone they're in, Father God, 
Give them good sleep tonight, Father God. Give them great rest. And, Lord, send your angels to protect them. And, Lord, let them feel your presence in everything they do, Father. I thank you for your blessings on all these people, your people, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother, I love and appreciate you, as always. Uh, Folks, I'm very careful who I call prophet, and I will tell you, I've met the man and. Scott Lathrop is a true prophet of God. And so uh, if you enjoyed this program as much as I did, support Brother Lathrop, Soul Bait Ministries. It's great seed to sow into his ministry. Uh, they're going around the world preaching the gospel. And uh, you you couldn't get behind a better ministry. Uh, SoulBaitMinistries.com. Get a hold of them. Uh, brother, um, I, I love and appreciate you, and uh, we're going to want to have you Amen. back on really soon. My goodness, we've got to go five Thank hours next time. Thank you so much, Shannon. <laughs> you guys have a blessed night, okay? Brother, God bless you. Thank you for coming on tonight. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. That was Scott Lathrop of Soul Bait Ministries. Folks, um, now you know why I like to do three-hour shows, because, man, these programs are so good. One hour doesn't cut it, even two hours. But uh, I tried to... Uh, get him to hang on as long as possible. And he went over the the two the two hours that he had allocated to me. So, God bless Brother Scott for coming on tonight. And I'm sorry if I couldn't get to everybody's uh, call that would like to talk to him. But here's the good news. Let me tell you how Brother Lathrop works. If you can't get to see him uh, in the Jacksonville area where they're located, what you can do is you can contact him, soulbaitministries.com, and uh, you can email him. They've got a contact uh, information there. Write him, call him. And um, make an appointment to talk with him and let him pray over you. And uh, one thing I want to tell people, uh, I remember an old uh, high school professor one time said, when you ask a question, be prepared for an answer you may not (laughs) expect. And that is the truth. Um, You know, that's why when I went to see him two years ago, I said, uh, my brother introduced me to him. And my brother said, I'm not going to tell him that uh, you're a friend of mine. I want you to go in there and get a... Get a word, and you know I want you to know that the word you get is not biased in any way. And I said, absolutely. Don't even you know introduce me as uh, your friend, your brother. I went in there and I said, brother, uh, I want a word from God, a good word or a bad word. Any word from the Lord is good, and, and I still feel that way today, folks. You know, remember God does chastise him whom He loves. So sometimes we will get chastised, but understand that. And uh, I can tell you, if you go in with that attitude, uh, He will give you a true word from the Lord. Um, and I praise God for Brother Scott. There are a lot of false prophets in the land, and Brother Scott Lathrop is a true prophet of God. I have seen things in my own life that have come to pass, other things I'm I'm holding on to, and I'm believing God, and, um, and I want to make sure that uh, I don't get into rebellion and I miss out on a promise of God because something I didn't do. You know, some prophecy is conditional. You know, God's not going to override your free will. Ultimately, you know, if you want to go to hell, that's where you go. Um, you know, if you want to disobey God, uh, you know, we can miss his blessings. You know, he may have intended something for us, and, you know, he loves us enough to give us free will. My point is, uh, you know, if you want your demons, you can keep your demons. I mean, you know, a Christian can have about anything that they want. <laughs> and our, our, the show tonight is not about deliverance, but my point I'm trying to make here is, uh, if you want a word from the Lord, um Get a hold of uh, Prophet Scott Lathrop, Soul Bait Ministries. And the way uh, he does it a lot of times is you email him, and he'll pray. And uh, whatever the Lord gives him, he'll he'll get back to you, send you an MP3 file. He's done that a couple times when I 
um, was overseas even. But I, I will tell you, he's a he's a true man of God. Support the ministry. If you love this program tonight, I would ask that you would bombard him with emails because getting him is uh, a tough task. The man is busy. He is traveling around the world. Um, most prophets are. Uh, another one is Prophet Jonathan Hanson. I'm still waiting a call from him. <laughs> Brother Hanson, if you're listening, uh, we've got to get you on. But, you know, I called to follow up with him, and he was in Kenya. So i just got to be patient. When he gets back from Kenya, we'll get him on. But uh, let Brother Lathrop know that uh, you enjoyed the program. We will get him back on. And I won't hog the, uh, the mic next time. We'll just uh, go right into the phones, and we'll try to get to everybody who wants to uh, to call in. So. Uh, at that, soulbaitministries.com. It's up in the show notes. Scott Lathrop. He's a prophet and a pastor. And if you are in Jacksonville, um, many times he will preach down at um, the Bridge Church in Jacksonville. Of course, if you're in Jacksonville, you can't go to Jacksonville without going to see Dr. Pat Holiday. Oh, my goodness. you got to see Dr. Pat. Uh, you know, there's a lot of cool things about Jacksonville, you know. You've got one of the... Uh, Greatest deliverance pioneers of all time, Dr. Pat Holliday, and you've got a true prophet, Brother Scott Lathrop, down there. So uh, always a good time in Jacksonville. Then you can go to Denae's for Afterglow. <laughs> um, at any rate, if you missed this morning's program, listen, we had Zeph Daniel on. What an awesome show. I really enjoyed that. Uh, he got me up early. You know, normally I do these late-night shows. But we did a program this morning at about 10 a.m., and um, that is up on the MP3 archives. We've got um, uh, this program that will go up in the MP3, as all our programs do. Uh, people say, well, I don't understand how to download. Well, what you can do is you can go to uh, iTunes, and it will download automatically if you subscribe. It's a free subscription. Just go type in Omega Man, Radio, Omega Man in the iTunes um, page, and you'll find us. Or you can go to OmegaManRadio.com. Um, I've got a little mini player on the front page, but if you go to the archives link at the top, You'll see all 137 shows that we've done since uh, June. And uh, you'll see an RSS button. You click on that, it'll take you to a different page that will allow you to actually right-click on the link, and you can download the files in MP3. Okay? Um, so that's that's how you download the program. Get behind this radio show. What do I mean by that? Tell everybody you know about it. We have some great programs here. I don't expect everybody – excuse me – to be able to listen to everyone, especially when I do three to six hours a night, good grief. But um, you can pick and choose, and we've got some great guests on. If you miss anything, do not miss uh Saturday night show with Dr. Pat Holliday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the School of Deliverance. If you need prayer, you can call in. We'll pray for you, whatever your request is. Also, our Sunday night show, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we have the School of Intercessory Warfare Prayer. We're getting together, and we want you to get together with us and start calling in. Intercede with us. Uh, I believe prayer changes things. Uh, spiritual warfare changes things. Okay? And um, we've got to try at least. You know, God's going to do what he wants to do, but you know, if he could have found ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, he would have spared it. Unfortunately, many times there's not a man or a woman to stand in the gap. Everybody was doing their own thing. So we've got about 13 minutes remaining. Um We've got a request to pray for uh, Pastor Steve Bell's wife, um, keyministries.org. Brother Steve Bell, precious man of God, based out of um, Texas. He's in the deliverance ministry there. And his wife came under attack. She was overseas and must have eaten something 
You know, that's why over in uh, Costa Rica, you'll see a lot of people using lemon on their lettuce and things. You know, there's bugs over there. And uh, whatever happened, um, she picked up a parasite over there, which is quite easy to do in these countries. I mean, look what Brother Scott said. He he drank some water and almost poisoned him. I will tell you, uh, it, it reminds me that I need to remember my own self. Sometimes I get lazy and I'll eat and I won't even say the blessing. And I'm not saying that was the case with uh, Sister Bell. I'm just saying, you know, we do need to pray over our stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there. I've heard reports of actually people being in countries and they were a Christian and a Muslim tried to poison them. This happened to some people over in Jordan. True story. Missionary couple in Jordan. They get a knock at the door one day. Husband goes over to the door, opens it up, and there's an eight-foot-tall angel standing at the door. Maybe he was ten-foot-tall, at least eight-foot-tall. He was dressed in... uh, Polo shirt and docksiders, apparently. Don't ask me why, but hey, who am I to say what an angel can dress in? You know, they can come disguised as a bum if they want to. You know, many times we entertain angels unaware. He opens the door. The angel looks at him very serious and says, God sent me to give you a message. Do not say, thus saith God, unless God has said something to you. Turned out that this guy was just going around and he was trying to prophesy and God wasn't necessarily speaking through him. Well, he, he got a slap uh, that time. But then he what was next told him was is wild. I still remember. He says, and by the way, your neighbors here poisoned your water two weeks ago. You should be dead. But God's going to show that uh, his power is greater okay, than this uh, demon spirit masquerading as God called Allah. And uh, you were preserved. And lo and behold, they had been drinking poison water, and God protected them. That just came to mind. Uh, Interesting story. And then the angel was gone. Well, needless to say, the guy didn't open his mouth. And we do have to be careful. There's a lot of people that say, thus saith God. You better have heard from God before you say that. And that's why I say there's a few, few prophets that I will put my money behind, where my mouth is, I guess you could say. I support Prophet Lathrop. He has a track record. He's a true prophet of God. Um. But back to the point here, we do need to pray um, before we eat. We never know what we're going to come in contact with. So, Bridget, uh, over in India, we've got people. We've got Lise, how are you doing tonight, over in Germany. We've got uh, people from all over the world turning in, tuning into this program. Marcus, big fellow, um, still looking for a picture of fish and chips. Um, Our friends in Scotland, Tommy over in the Philippines. Uh, Everybody turning, tuning in tonight. Reckless Faith, Victoria. Think Tank, Thinking Theology, Tamara Hallway, RB, Nice Chris, Mama B, MN4 Christo, Melody, Clemster, Jeeper, Mike Loves Jesus, Debbie Sinatra, Ephesians 611, Gary Sinatra. Oh, y'all must be related. Cry Out to Jesus, CCG, Born to Serve, AOD. All my friends out there, many of you come in as guests. Um, put a name to it. You know, it's about community here. <laughs> Let's pray corporately. Uh, we, we just all agree together out there for Sister Bill, for her healing. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for this time of fellowship tonight. I want to thank you for Prophet Scott Lathrop. I want to thank you, Father God, that we could come together and get a word tonight. I want to thank you for all the opportunities we have here to bring on great men and women of God and learn, Lord, about you. Well, we want to lift up Sister Bill, God had, that has been battling with a parasite She's went through everything that man can give her, from parasite cleanse to centel to even herbal cleanses to no avail. 
And Father God, right now we just lift her up in, in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the strong man. We bind the gatekeeper operating in her. We bind any foul spirits inside of her to, that are attacking her. We bind this spirit of infirmity. We command all the foul spirits in her to be caged up in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now we pour the blood of Jesus over her and down her throat. God, I ask that you would let the Shekinah gore of the Holy Spirit just illuminate her. And any foul spirits trying to hide, we bind him right now. Get into the cage, you foul spirits, in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord rebuke you. We break all hexes, vexes, curses, spells, any kind of voodoo or hoodoo, any satanic lotions or potions, any witchcraft that has been sent against her, we break it off of her right now, and we command it to go back to the demon that sent it sevenfold. In Jesus' name. We bind any witchcraft whatsoever that has been sent against her, any curses that have been pronounced over her life. We bind all the f- these things we command to come off of her right now. Loose her in Jesus' name and go back to the demon that sent it sevenfold. We command all the foul spirits to be caged up right now, and we send this to the foot of Jesus. For you foul spirits to be judged before your time. Father God, we speak healing to her right now. In the name of Jesus, Sister Bell, be healed of those parasites. We command you parasites to die right now. Be roasted in Jesus' name. Just like Jesus commanded the fig tree to wither, we command you to shrink up and die right now, you parasites. In the name of Jesus Christ. Be healed right now. In Jesus' name. Father God, I ask that you unloose ministering angels to her right now. We ask for a hedge of protection. Run her and Brother Bell. And God, if there's any demonic gateways open via the property that they're on, anything involving ancient Indian burial grounds, we ask that you would reveal it to them, that they could close it in Jesus' name. We ask God you bless Brother Bill, and we ask God that you would give him dreams and visions and rekindle the deliverance ministry in his heart. Because we need more teachers, God, that have been around doing this a long time. We thank you for Dr. Pat Holliday. Happy birthday to Dr. Pat out there, by the way. I believe her birthday is actually today. Uh, I'd like everybody to go over to her Facebook page and wish her a happy birthday if you haven't already. Um, Father God, we lift up all the deliverance ministers. Lift up um, John Franklin and Brenda in Canada. Brother Michael Thier, Hegewish, John and Kathy Gogan. Dr. Pat Holliday, Brother Dennis Williams in Jacksonville with Miracle Internet Church. Father God, we lift up Brother Charlie Holtzhauser. We lift up his infirmity right now. We take authority over that spirit of infirmity, and we rebuke it and command it to come out of him right now in Jesus' name. We command his kidneys, his heart, and any other infirmity inside of him right now to be healed in Jesus' name. Pour the blood of Jesus over him right now. And right now, we break any hexes and vexes and curses and spells off of these deliverance ministers, and I break them off of any believer out there listening right now, either live or on MP3. I break it off of you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command it to lift off and be loosed right now from you. Go back to the demon that sent it sevenfold. I bind any witchcraft attacks. I bind any demons that have been sent against the people of God, the deliverance ministries. And I command it to, to leave right now and go back to where it came from, to the demon that sent it sevenfold. Father God, loose ministering angels out right now. I cover everyone with the blood of Jesus. I ask for a hedge of protection of the Holy Spirit, fire, to just encircle people in, in accordance with Zechariah 2 and 5. We ask God that you loose warrior angels. Just come down and encamp amongst the people of God out there tonight. 
in Jesus' name. God, I speak a blessing to their finances. I ask that you would loose angels to give supernatural favor and open doors of opportunity for people, for new business ventures, to get homes for people who are homeless, to get jobs for people that are jobless. Father God, I ask that you would heal broken homes, save lost loved ones, heal marriages, and speak all, to all of us, God, what you would have us to do in this late hour, where you would have us to be geographically, what you would have us to do to prepare for the hard times, what you would have to, us to do with the remaining hours of our life while we're walking on this globe. God, reveal to us the ministries that you would have us to pursue for you. Again, God, open up doors of opportunity. Show us any areas of sin that we need to repent of. Put a spotlight on our lives, just like with David when he prayed that in Psalms. And God, speak to us clearly. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We love and appreciate you. And we thank you, God, for this opportunity tonight. We praise your name and we praise the Lord Jesus Christ who has made all this possible for us to be redeemed and set free. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, Father God, for sending your warrior angels to protect. In Jesus' name, God, give us dreams and visions. Speak to us, Father God, very clearly. Amen. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Uh, We're going to have Brother John Franklin on tomorrow night, calling in from Canada at the 8 p.m. show. Then I'm going to have Anthony J. Hilder from Hollywood calling in tomorrow night at 11 p.m. He's going to be talking about his new movie called Mega Murder. Uh, Aircraft from the Skies. It's uh, the true story of what's happening with chemtrails out there. This toxic fog. Uh, Anthony J. Hilder, he's probably done 20,000 interviews in his life. Actor, ran Hollywood Studios, and a good friend. Uh, He'll be on tomorrow night at 11 p.m. So we've got a double-decker show tomorrow. Saturday night, Dr. Pat Holliday. Uh, Folks, go to MiracleInternetChurch.com, PatHolliday.com. Support Dr. Pat Holliday and the Deliverance Ministry. Uh, We're going to have her on 8 o'clock Saturday night and Sunday. Next week, we've got Peter Coolen coming on. We've got uh, Pastor John Kyle coming back. We've got, first time, Brother James Mobley from Chicago coming on the program uh, next Monday. Uh, Great deliverance minister. Looking forward to having Brother Mobley on for the first time, having Brother Kyle back. And if you enjoyed Steve Quell, write Steve Quell, steve777stevequell.com. Bust his chops. Tell him you want him on the program one time a week, at least for an hour. He's a busy man. And I appreciate everybody who has come on and uh, been willing to give us their time. And uh, check out Zeph Daniels. Zeph Daniel, excuse me, singular, uh, program we did this morning. God bless Zeph. I enjoyed the program. Um, God bless everyone that has supported this ministry. If you'd like to help us get on World Harvest Network, um, get behind us, and we'll we'll continue to go as far as we can go. And we'll work with uh, what God has given us in the meantime. God bless all of you. Love you. Appreciate you. See you tomorrow.
Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. I see you walking up to Jericho, and the Lord says, it's all about obedience. And the Lord says, you're going to walk to Jericho. And the Lord says, yes, it was the battle you lost the last time. But this Jericho you're going to do just like Joshua did. You're going to play the horns and you're going to shout for joy. And the Lord says when you shout, the Lord says even though it makes no sense, the Lord says my walls, your, those walls are going to crumble. And the Lord says I'm going to give you your victory. And the Lord says, in that is the plunder of everything that was stolen from you before. Everything that's behind those walls is stuff that was stolen from you. And the Lord says, I'm going to return them to you. And the Lord says, I'm going to break them through. And I'm going to break. 